0: What's up, Cinema Possessors? Jack here. Just wanted to pop in and let you know that this week we have unlocked a very special episode of the Cinema Possessed bonus materials. These are bonus episodes that you only get if you subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash cinemapossessedpod. We're a little crazier. We're a little looser on the bonus materials. We talk new movies that are out in theaters. We talk movies we've never seen before, blind spots. We do top five lists of all sorts of things. You can get a bunch of great movie recommendations by subscribing to the bonus materials, so check it out. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the Patreon. You'll get a new episode every other week, plus the entire back catalog of bonus content. There's a ton of great stuff on there. Head on over to Patreon.com/CinemaPossessedPod and please enjoy this unlocked bonus episode. Cinema <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Cinema Possessed Bonus Materials. My name is Jack Bishop, and with me are...
1: Corey Clifford.
0: Justin Nisham. (laughs) (laughs) And today, folks, we have a really special episode because we are talking something that every movie has. An opening
2: scene. (laughs) You're not even going to let us guess? Uh... You know what we're talking about today. Credit sequence, Um, music. Yeah, if you've Uh, ever seen a movie,
0: most of them have an opening scene, a middle section, and then a closing scene. But today, we are talking best opening scenes. But before we get into our lists, I wanted to throw it out to you all. What do you, when you go see a new movie... What are you hoping you get in that first scene? What are you looking for?
1: Mm, excitement! I want to know what's what. What do I have in store? Is this going to be what? What's the mood? Is this going to be a good time? Mm-hmm. That's what I want to know.
2: Yeah, sex, butts, boobs, <laughs> and balls. Give me them all. Yeah. Don't dare give him a dick. He only wants the balls. Just the balls.
1: <laughs> now that sounds like. The movie Jackass. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of those movies opens with something mm, like that. Hey, you're thinking outside of the box. I like that. Uh, Jackass is w- truly some of my favorite movie going experiences I've ever had in a theater. Oh, yeah. Seeing Jackass in a theater. I highly recommend it. I'm sure they'll come out with another one in our lifetime. You will you'll will cry laugh.
0: I want to say I've seen all of them in the theaters Seen the last couple in theaters. Good films. Yeah. Honestly, Good hilarious
1: cinema. movies. They make me scream laugh.
0: And they do have great openings for the most part. Yeah. They always do something I'm kind telling of you, I creative. would not
1: be surprised if one of them, one of them was like a dick. The The newest one was like a, it a looked dick. like Godzilla and it was a dick Godzilla and balls. Godzilla has a
0: dick and balls. So
1: Justin, check out that because that might be <laughs> your... Uh...
0: And you know how like when Godzilla comes and starts terrorizing the city, like the army comes uh-huh. out and starts shooting them and tanks and stuff. Well, that's what they start doing too. They have dick.
1: you not seen the newest Jackass? No. Oh my God, Justin, it's
2: so fucking fun. It's pretty fun. That would be a fun. That would be a fun plane movie. Yeah, that's
1: a great. But yeah, but I don't even know if it is a good plane movie because you. W- I can imagine your loud ass laugh when you actually start getting surprise laughter, and you will be doing. Well, it. there's
0: also like a lot of nudity and stuff in it yeah. too. So like you know the, that's the thing about plane movies is you're kind yeah. of sharing the experience with everybody on the plane. So if you're sitting around people that you would feel so.
1: What do when you're laying in bed and you're a little but, homesick in Vermont?
2: But, They're getting more risque. I was on a Delta flight and there was some, some stuff on there that I thought was juicy. And Mm. also it got me thinking fun. Patreon (gasps) favorite plane, Plane but that's a great Patreon. but, but but
0: movies on a plane or movies that you watch on a plane.
2: Well, Mm. I think uh, you interpret how you will, but I think (laughs) it it, it only works if we're both going to be on planes at the same time. So, with me here and you about to go to Italy, yeah. you take note of what is on Okay, I, I, I will, Yeah.
1: I usually like to watch, <laughs> that's not what this episode is about, but I usually like to watch um, like a comedy or a romantic something that like I, I've been like, oh, that's going to be bad. Yeah. But then I watch it on a plane and then you're like, oh, well, wow, actually that was pretty fun.
0: Yeah. I'm usually more open to a movie that I maybe wouldn't like actively seek out. In real life, but I'm more open to watching it on One a plane. One of which we talked about on a Patreon, Barb and Star. Barb and Star go to Vista del Mar was a plane movie that That's was an very funny. Plane movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it and just would have probably never watched it in real life, but watched it on a plane and loved it. Watched it actually twice. It's so funny. Very funny movie. Yeah, for me, an opening scene. I definitely wanted to hook me, you know. Mm-hmm. But I do believe in letting movies simmer and giving them their space. So I don't require an opening scene to hook me. But if it can, be it by being exciting or being scary or being sad or devastating,
2: all the better. I have a real response. Can I say my real response?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, these are real responses. So no, your, your dick and I, balls I this thing wasn't uh, the real oh, response? Oh, oh, no, that wasn't real.
2: <laughs> I think this is good. I think this is going to be good. I think this is going to be something that the cinema-possessed audience... Holds on to for a long time. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Here comes I'm
2: being serious. I'm not about to make a joke. Okay, good. I want my opening scene to be its own movie. Mm. Like you can watch the opening scene like a standalone short film. I like that too. That's a lot of my
1: openings, I think, are that I love when
0: that happens. A few of mine are like that as well. Yeah. Hey, maybe even all of them. Now that Let's, I look jump at Let's, Let's jump in. Let's jump in. All right, fine. I always start, and I don't <clears throat> want to start this time. I'll start because
1: my if we're gonna if I weren't I we're we're not saying it's a top five, but if this was top Mm-mm. five, this would be my five. And I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this one because mm. um, no, I no, think no, I'm gonna get no judged. Chance. But I have to admit that when I saw this opening scene in the movies in the theater, mm-hmm. I cried and. Every time I've watched it since It makes me cry And When I would listen to There was a while When I was listening to the soundtrack Or if I like needed to get pumped up Or something before an audition I would listen to this song Mm. And it Fucking got me And it's a little embarrassing Because this movie gets shit on a lot Don't say La La Land It is It's the opening of La La Land I would have
0: never (laughs) expected it (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh my the god. The opening We were just scene, talking about La La Land the today. The opening so scene of that movie, fucking, the rest of the movie doesn't quite as much, but that opening scene where all they're all dancing on their cars, yeah. it hits the musical theater nerd in mm-hmm. me and the like seeing Emma Stone going to an audition. It just hits, it hits so hard for me. And it truly made the first time I saw it, I cried in the theaters. And that's my first one guys. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. I know I'm wow. going to get shit I for to, it. I, but
2: no, you make me want to rewatch it because I swear to god I was shitting on it today and <laughs> somebody here <laughs> did not appreciate that and was tell- I was like no no no. no I'm not sh- I I don't think it's a bad scene. It is not my taste. And so I understand. You were specifically talking why- about that scene. That scene. Oh. Yeah. That's so funny. And I said that opening scene, they asked me why I didn't like the movie. And I said, well, let's start with that opening. <laughs> <laughs> and so they had, they gave a really heartfelt, well thought out response to why they liked it. And that was kind of making me be like, maybe I should revisit it because mm-hmm. maybe I'm just stuck in that mindset of shitting on it. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Corey's it's a musical, I so I, I see
1: why people do, but mm-hmm. I love a musical. So like that, a big, huge musical number like that to happen in Los Angeles when I'm like a, you know, I'm an actor out here too. Like it just hit all of the things for me and I fucking
0: love it. And that's my first <laughs> one. <laughs> hey, I think La, La Land's a good movie. I'll say it. I like it. I I like like the film. I understand why people think it's cheesy and corny, but. It is cheesy and corny, but I I love all those parts of it. I like it. I liked liked all of Chazelle's stuff up until Babylon. Yeah, me too. Okay, say one. Okay, fine. My number
2: five. Which one am I going to have to cross off my list? I
0: know. I know (sighs) that my. No, I I will say that. In all past top fives that we've done, you guys have said this and it never happens. Well, maybe a there's, cu- there's no been a way couple of times. Th- I there's guarantee no way. that no way.
1: Pr- what I would assume is your number one is your number there's, one.
0: There's been a couple of times and maybe it'll happen here. But for the most part, we don't cross over that much. Okay. There's the two movies that I guarantee are going to be on yours, but go. I have a tie at my number five. Okay. And the reason why I have a tie here is because... Every other movie on my list is a movie that I truly love, but there were two movies that I could think of that had opening scenes that I loved, but I don't really love the rest of the movies, so I put them at a tie at my number five, Mm -hmm. and that is the first one, the Twilight Zone movie. Mm. The opening sequence with Albert Brooks and Dan Aykroyd
2: driving through the desert... what way, what way? And the she wore Boy, look at the clothes. Oh, a midnight special.
0: singing songs playing games guessing Twilight Zone and outer limits episodes is some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen truly I think it's one of the funniest sequences in any movie I could watch an entire movie with just those two guys I
1: gotta go watch this because you talked about this on our modern Romance, modern episode, romance episode too and I forgot yeah.
0: I love it so much I wish there was an entire movie about them. The rest of the movie stinks for the most part. The Joe Dante yeah. one is fine, and the George Miller one is great. But the George Miller one is literally the very last one of the movie. It's a little too little too late. But uh, that opening yeah. sequence is a masterclass to me, and it is also something that has inspired our work before. Um, John Landis actually directs that opening sequence
2: the George Miller one for those who don't know is that John Lithgow on a plane mm-hmm. with a gremlin, a gremlin on, on, the, yeah. on the plane wing which is great everybody knows that one
0: it's great tied with that is a movie that I think is better but I still have never quite loved the movie to the fullest degree but have always adored the opening sequence and that is the movie Blade ah <sighs>
2: Oh, uh, no, that's unjust. You stole mine.
1: <laughs> well, we can you talk about it. Is it your you number knew, five?
2: You kn- you knew <laughs> that was on my list. I'm not ranking mine in order. Okay. Um, it's well, on We can my talk list about it together. Fucking, then. It's fucking high up on my list. Yeah. It's that an epic movie, sequence. Yeah. But I'm I'm a little bummed that you're framing it as a movie that you like the opening, but you don't like the rest of it.
0: Well, I just have to be honest. I think the I think Blade is a fun movie, but it's never quite hooked to me in a way where I love the movie as a whole. You know, I find and myself kind of wanting I to turn it off as it's going. You. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I accept you for that. But
0: uh, that opening <laughs> sequence is gangbusters. It's 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 a showstopper, it's like two people on a date this girl is bringing this guy to a club Tracy Lords, or oh Tracy, is that who it is uh, Tracy Lords, yeah wow yeah she's From bringing John this Waters. guy she's bringing this guy to a club they walk through the back it seems like they're going through the back they're walking through like a meat packing plant hey. what do you need to share and on the way in, he keeps catching glimpses of things that maybe look like bodies. And then they get in and there's this amazing rave. And the DJ's got these these like lights on his glasses. And the music is bumping. It sounds amazing. And then all of a sudden, the sprinkler system goes off. But it ain't spraying water, guys. It's spraying blood. And what we realize and what this man realizes who is on the date is that he is in a club filled with vampires. And, um, well... Blade ends up coming into play, and uh, it's just a fantastic sequence. It goes over the top, right off the bat, in the most fun way, and uh, I love it. And it's iconic.
1: Dustin, do you have anything to add to that?
2: Well, there's also, there is a song playing in the background, techno music, called Daywalker. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, this was like in the height of Kazam, uh, Kazam and yep. LimeWire and all that stuff. This Kazza, was like uh, this is one of like the uh, first songs I tore into yeah. and played over and over and over again. I was obsessed with this tech. I, I had a big techno phase in high school.
0: <laughs> um,
2: but yeah, I, I agree. I love, I love the whole movie and I think it's it's an early comic book movie, 1999, that just doesn't um, doesn't get a lot of love mm-hmm. uh, for some reason. It's not perfect. It's rough around the edges and there's stuff I'm sure that doesn't hold up. Yeah. But I just love Wesley Snipes in this movie well, he's a so badass. much. And this scene he's right badass. away,
0: like makes you be like, fuck, yeah, this guy's awesome. He's yeah. super. So cool. So this is
2: a, this is what we're talking about. This is like the short film. You it know, The scene yeah. could mm-hmm. stand as as its own.
1: You want to roll into your another one, Justin?
2: Sure. All. Uh, so I don't have a structured numbered list. So I'm going to go by association. Okay. So you, we talked about planes. Mm. Do you want to guess? <laughs> guess opening this sequence one? on a plane.
1: Can I get this the year? Ninety.
2: Nineteen ninety. 1990s. Final
1: destination.
2: I have that on my list too. That's a great. I have that on my list. I, I say this with uh, having not revisited the movie recently enough to be able to speak about the quality of the movie as a whole. And mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that the movie uh, is not. It's know, perfect fun.
1: Nineties. Teen movie, though. I love a 90s teen, yeah. Yeah. teen we movie. 90s teen movie. It, they're yeah. so good.
2: But I remember seeing this in the. Th- theater. Uh-huh. I, I don't think I maybe had that association with Devin Sawa that you might have had at this <sighs> point. I did. I did. So that, that was my first first introduction to him. But I just remember. Uh, I remember the experience of seeing the plane crash and being so invested in it, And emotionally on the edge of my seat and thinking what I was seeing was real and never, and, and it looking to me at the time, real. Yeah. Like I was in by every person who was sucked out of that plane. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, their life is gone. I was not watching a movie. (laughs) I was watching a plane crash. And when Devin Sawa snaps out of it and wakes up and, and he's on the plane and he tries to warn everybody, and then just that the fantasy of that—that uh, that we all this was like you know other than Groundhog Day, like we're so oversaturated with with live die repeat mm-hmm, kind of content yeah. that we forget that there was a time that it was new. Yeah. And I don't know, I wasn't thinking of Groundhog Day when I saw this movie in the same way I I would now if yeah. I'm watching something like this, but um. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it really impacted me. What I've always loved
0: about that sequence too is it really captures when you're going on to a roller coaster, the little butterflies that you get in your stomach. We all are familiar with that feeling. And sometimes when you're, when you're boarding a plane, especially if you're boarding a plane at night and it's like thundering outside, you might kind of get those little butterflies as you're walking onto the plane of just like, ooh, I'm getting a little bit just of just a spooky feeling going on here. This opening sequence at Final Destination, I feel like captures that. Every time I watch it, and I remember definitely the first time I watched it, just getting butterflies as they were boarding onto the plane and he's mm-hmm. seeing all these things because it is storming outside of the plane. It just does a really good job atmospherically of like creating fun tension even before the wild, wacky shit starts to hit the fan. Yeah, um, and
2: and what adds another element of, of, I think, tragedy to it is the fact that it's like classmates. It's like yeah. your best friends getting on the plane with you. Um, on a, tr- on a trip and I don't know, I just it's so emotionally effective mm-hmm. it, you can't say the same about Final Destination 2 or, <laughs> yeah. you know I, I remember seeing the car crash in Final Destination yeah. 2 and and I was just on the edge of my seat just yeah. because like what how are they going yeah. to I mean the, the is end.
1: that is the second one when the on tree the highway, busts through the, the car I mean I think through. about the that log, movie yeah. I think about that scene every time I see yeah. a log truck on a, a highway it's a good sequence but
2: it yeah. doesn't have the power No, see thing. that's a better that's a better opening uh, car traffic scene Then La La Land, (laughs) 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 go fuck yourself.
0: We should do best. Different We should do best car traffic scenes too, because then uh, Falling Down would make the list. Uh Uh The Uh, There's a shootout in Sicario with Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That movie sucked. (laughs) Um. Okay. Number four, Corey. Well, sure. I'll say it's number
0: four, but I'm kind of going down the list. Um. Save your best one for last.
1: Sure, I just think you're gonna get. That's gonna you're gonna say it. That so I'm doing, my, a, I'm doing
2: my I'm doing my fun ones it, they, they, We're yeah. all piggyback whatever. Yeah. Okay, it's either on Jack, your list or it's Jack.
1: Not. You don't say because you do know because you, you heard my brother and I talking about this. Hmm? Um, yeah. Justin, does this mean anything to you? I'm sexy. I'm cute. I'm popular to boot. I'm bitching. Great hair. The boys all love to stare. I wanted. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm wanted. I'm hot. I'm everything you're not. I'm pretty. I'm cool. I dominate the school. I'm rocking. I smile. You might think I'm vile. I'm flying. I jump. You can look, but you can't hump. I major. I roar. I swear I'm not a whore. Who are we? Who are we? Can you guess what that's you from?
2: bring it
1: on yes that's the opening of bring it on it is phenomenal as a huge cheer scene um kristen dunst is leading it it's all the cheerleaders they're in a huge auditorium it's also like a dream sequence um it's incredible incredible acrobatics the second this movie starts you know exactly what you're getting you're getting a sexy Fun high school cheerleader movie and this opening. I went back and rewatched all the openings for all the movies that Mm -hmm. I chose, and I was clapping along, cheering, having a damn good time. I really
0: want to go watch this movie again. That's a good pick by me. Did either of you see this movie? Does it mean anything to you? This movie? Yeah, I don't remember. I I remember liking the movie. I can't say I quite remember this opening scene, but I would love to. Oh, it's really good.
1: I'm big red. What I did. My brother just came in and said, I picked your movie. I was talking about it and he said this one. I was like, oh my God, that's a phenomenal one. Yeah.
2: Okay. Here's a question before we move on Mm -hmm. is if a movie, let's, uh, this isn't going to be on anyone's list, but let's say Green Mile, (laughs) which starts with a prelude before we get into the movie. Does that, can you erase the prelude and go straight into like what you know to be? I don't think that could,
0: I don't think that's fair. I don't think you can skip or deny something that's already at the beginning. Yeah. Um, Okay. My number four. So then I. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Number four. Now, what makes this one unique from the rest of them is this opening scene is very short, but I think makes a strong impact in its very brief moments. Mm -hmm. Magnolia. Nope. Also, does not feature any of the main cast of the film. My number four is the opening scene to Unbreakable.
1: I thought that was going to be on your list.
0: It's a birth scene. What happened during the delivery?
1: Nothing. It was very quick. The baby just wanted
2: to come right out. And there were no problems. Did you drop him? What?
1: Did you drop this baby? Jesus Christ, no.
2: Inform the ambulance that we have a situation.
0: And we don't really see it because mm-hmm. the whole thing is shot in one take. And it's there's a lot of reflections and mirrors about what's yes. going on. It
1: appears that your baby has sustained some fractures while inside your uterus.
2: His arms and his legs are broken.
0: <laughs> From birth. Yeah. Slow fade out. Hit that James Newton Howard score unbreakable title sequence and i'm in with goosebumps baby i've always loved that opening i think it's uh it's magical and it sets up the movie in such a unique way even without using any of the main actors of it uh but yeah that's
2: my number four great great movie great scene justin your number three don't count them for me
0: (laughs) (laughs) well just to keep track it's not ranked in any way, but your you third if, choice. If you're going to
2: steal Blade from me, then <laughs> I I get more. <laughs> um, I love the opening scene of Once Upon a Time in the West.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Ooh, Okay. That's on my honorable mentions.
2: It's like a 15-minute, almost silent, except for the sound design and maybe a little bit of music, mm-hmm. gang of outlaws who sort of take over this train station and are just sort of like waiting around and you don't know what they're waiting mm-hmm. for. And there's like these, but there there's these like comical moments spread throughout like a fly buzzing around little that, physical gags. That, yeah. Physical gags, water dripping on someone's hat that you're like, why is he letting the water drip on his hat for so long? Mm-hmm. It's a very meditative and like slow scene. And I like uh, I like that in a western. I don't know. It's just like yeah. not not something you would expect. Obviously, the great Sergio Leone, and then the train comes into town, and there's some tension. And Charles Bronson gets off the train, and I just love this fucking line where like there's there's three horses behind them, and uh, Charles Bronson is like, "Did you did you bring me a horse?" <laughs> <laughs> looks like we <we're laughs> looks like we're shy of one horse you brought too too many <laughs> <laughs> and i love that and then it just ends in like a little very brief realistic gunfight uh, that's not like overly dramatic and yeah and he he downs them but he also gets shot himself too and mm-hmm. That's the end of that scene.
0: And I think originally Clint Eastwood was supposed to be one of those guys and maybe like John Wayne. They originally wanted the three cowboys to be like the three big cowboy actors of the time. And the idea was that they were gonna kill them all in the first scene. They were gonna drew mm-hmm. Barry more from scratch. They were gonna yeah. Mm-hmm. But um they couldn't end up getting them. So they got kind of like archetypes to do it. Uh, but I thought that was cool. And I think Dario Argento co um like co-wrote that sequence. Yeah. Great pick. That's on my honorable mentions too. I love that opening sequence and I love that movie. Corey, you're
1: number four, three, you're number three, number three. Haven't we done two? Okay, sure. I just put a bunch on here, but I think (laughs) that I'm going to say my next one kind of going in the vein of what Justin said about like a little movie before it even starts. And I think one of the more modern versions that we've got of that is get out. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. I love the opening of this movie With Lakeith Stanfield Just walking in this neighborhood You immediately are like Ooh something is weird You see this man walking in this neighborhood You get an eerie feeling It looks like a car is following him You hear him on the phone He's lost He doesn't know where to go It's crazy You got me out here in this Creepy Confusing uh, Suburb (laughs) you so serious though
2: like a sore thumb out here. Alright, baby. Alright, I'll talk to you soon. See you.
0: <sighs> okay, so this is Brian. Uh. It's like a fucking hedge maze out here. Let's see, just Let's... Oh, keep going
2: straight. Okay. I just keep on walking, but I don't do nothing stupid. Just keep on. (sighs) Fuck this. I was about to go the other way. I can't.
1: Not today. Not me. And it just feels like this could be a short film, a short horror film in itself. Mm -hmm. And when I saw this in the theaters, I was like, damn, we are in for a good ass ride. Because when Get Out first came out in theaters, we didn't know. We didn't know what Jordan Peele was going to do. And he fucking delivered. And you knew it within the first five minutes of this movie.
0: Yeah, I I think it's a great opening opening Yeah, and it's
2: especially fun how that ties back into the reveal with the photo box at the end. Exactly. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness.
0: of Unbreakable's opening scene. This opening scene is much, much longer and introduces every character that will be playing a prominent role in this film. And this movie is Snake Eyes. Ooh. Ooh. It's the first 20 minutes of the film. Not only is it the opening scene of the movie, it's the opening shot of the movie. Now, technically, it wasn't done in literally one shot, but it appears to be done in one shot. And I would say, I want to say that 15 minutes of that 20 minutes is actually one unbroken take. And then they hide, I think, one cut in there. But within this, the movie takes place at a boxing match. It's basically about a murder conspiracy that happens one night at this big boxing match. And this off-duty police officer has to sort of figure out who did it. The police officer is played by Nicolas Cage. And in this opening sequence, you are... S- it sets up everything. It starts on a television screen of a news reporter telling us that the big fight is tonight and that there is a massive hurricane coming. And we get to see the hurricane and then we zoom out from the TV screen and we're in the Coliseum and we f- catch ourselves with Nicolas Cage and we basically follow this man on a steady cam as he goes all through this right casino um, interacting with all sorts of characters like Luis Guzman, Gary Sinise... <laughs> For it. Oh shit. Sorry, sir. Uh, you need a uh, no, no, I got it. Shit! You kind of went the stupid way, didn't you, oh. Cyrus?
2: Oh, 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 I gotta cut. I need a medic. medic.
0: We get a setup of everybody who's gonna be involved in this movie, and then by the end of this 20-minute sequence, which involves an entire boxing match, a huge crowd, boom, the murder happens. And from mm. there, the movie kicks off. It is a showstopper piece right at the beginning of the movie. It's De Palma laying all his cards on the table right away saying, you guys came for a De Palma movie. You're going to fucking get a De Palma movie. I'm going to give it to you right. Frame one. Uh, And it's one of my favorite De Palma movies. It's so rewatchable. I put it on every couple of years. If you haven't seen it or if it's been a long time since you've
2: seen it, I highly recommend
0: people go check out Snake Eyes 1998.
2: That has a Cape Fear level of, like, intensity. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. A little
0: campy, too. Has a mm-hmm. similar kind of campiness, but, like, very artfully done. Definitely plenty of Hitchcock references in there as well, if you're in the mood for more of those. Check it out, folks.
2: It's good. <sighs> um, okay, mine's a little one. Also a recent movie. Uh, short, s- short scene, but... um. It had me emotional and teary eyed within the first five minutes. Ooh. And I knew I was watching something really special. Mm. And that was the Safty brothers. Good time.
0: Nice. Oh, I love this opening. That's a sequence. Great
2: one. And, and, it, and it
0: is emotional. Extremely it is emotional. emotional.
2: It's introducing you to Benny Safty, who is mm-hmm. one of the directors, and he's playing a role or a character that if you don't know him, if you if this is your first time, you're not sure if you're watching a real person or not. Mm-hmm. I did not think I was watching an actor. I remember, I mean, I don't know right, yeah. how you came into the movie, Jack. I'll say like, I, I
0: wasn't aware of him at all, so I didn't know either.
2: And he's sitting. Uh, the camera is just zoomed in on his face and and almost, you know, the whole scene is just close-ups of him and a psychologist mm-hmm. who is asking him questions, played by I think like a, a, a real person. Yeah. Um, and the session like seems to be making some progress and going well, possibly some breakthroughs. And then Robert Pattinson bursts mm-hmm. into the session, yeah. disrupting the whole thing, looking disheveled and stressed out. Is like, come on, what are you doing? We got to go. Do you not want to talk about this? I was sitting there and trying to eat. And she started yelling at me and pushing me
1: and telling me I can't eat food. That was your grandmother was saying that? Yeah, and then she threw stuff at me. And she pushed threw things me. at you?
2: Yeah, and then I picked up the pan and I threw it at her. You, you threw it at your grandmother? I threw it at the wall. Oh, you, you weren't trying to hit your grandmother. Nick?
1: Nick, it's good. We should talk about this. Uh, this is good stuff we're talking about.
0: Excuse me. You, Peter? Yes, I am. We're in the middle of say hello. Nick, we're, what are you doing? We're in the middle come on. of something here. We're in the middle on, of an exam. You hey, hey, Let's about Nick. the
1: stuff and the, the pan and the. Wait, 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 please. Nick. How would you like it if I made you cry? Huh? Would you like that?
0: No, I would not. You but they—they they told me how I had to do, do this. Let's so. go. Let's go. You don't know you what's going it, on.
2: Why are these? Why did you make him cry? Yeah. Yeah. How would you like it if I make you cry? Mm-hmm. And oh, shame on you, shame on you. Really powerful
0: and such a good like first scene because I think that was a lot of people's introductions to the Safety Brothers, and mm-hmm. that you know right away like you gotta you got pretty strong filmmakers here making this movie with that. And I know we're
2: not talking about endings, but I, I can't help but bring up the ending of that movie just because it feels like a bookend. It does to the front, mm-hmm. and the ending is just is. As powerful yeah, for me. Very beautiful. Ooh, highly worth watching. And very, uh, we talked about Martin Scorsese on the pod. Mm-hmm. And the movie has a very after hours feel for to sure. it. yeah. Good choice. Thanks. Corey, your number two.
1: Um, uh, I have three more that I feel strong about. Okay, fine, your number
0: three. Whatever.
1: <laughs> the next one that I think is such a fun opening is from Baz Luhrmann's Romeo plus Juliet, mm. um, the classic prologue of Romeo and Juliet. Two households in fair Verona. I like indignity. Oh my god! The way you should just everybody should go back and just YouTube this. like in dignity in fair Verona where we lay our scene from ancient grudge break to new mutiny where civil blood but this opening is so good in such like a smart way to like make Romeo and Juliet modern sexy feeling but still using the text it's like showing it like it's a um a new it's like a like a news report and showing the two households and it like fast cuts to all of the people. And it like does extreme close ups on them and everybody just looks sexy and sweaty mm-hmm. and awesome. And it's just really cool. It's
0: a really cool opening. Yeah. That was back when Baz had it, man.
1: Baz fucking had it. Mm-hmm. Have you watched that movie recently, Justin?
2: No, you should, it, but I loved it. Oh my it came, God. It, it.
1: Rewatch it. It holds up. It's so fun. And Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio, like good, mm. God, like, they're both so beautiful. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. Excellent make out underwater scene in that movie. It would have been
2: crazy if they brought back, you know how sometimes Hollywood will recast two actors uh, that played well together in a completely unrelated movie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, could you imagine if they did DiCaprio and Danes in Titanic.
1: Uh, I know together Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. that would have been crazy. I know not necessarily the right choice, but just I think with how much weight that couple brought, you know, within that movie, it would have been interesting to see. I think
1: she was maybe considered for it. She was considered for something other, really big with Leo, and it was too overwhelming for her. She like didn't want to be that famous.
2: Jack Nicholson character in The Departed. Oh, that's probably what it was. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. She turned it down. Uh Uh Yeah.
1: Okay, Mm -hmm. Okay, Jack, go. There's a Jonah
0: Hill part (laughs) in Wolf of Wall Street.
1: Oh, my God. Go, Jack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was a Sam Jackson part in Django Unchained. (laughs) 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 What? I could see it.
2: Patreon unhinged. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm getting hangry, too, and I can smell dinner. My
0: number two is very much, I think, like a short film.
1: If it's one of the two that I'm holding up, I have it in my brain what I think. Prince of
2: Persia with Jake Jones. Prince of Persia, wow. I'll
0: give you the first line of dialogue. (laughs) My name is H.I. McDonough. Call me high. The first time I met Ed was in County Lockup in Tempe, Arizona.
1: Well, that's not the one I thought you were going to do. <laughs>
2: Raising
0: Arizona.
1: That's right. That's not the Coen Brothers movie I thought was going to be your number one. Raising or number two.
0: Arizona, one of my all-time favorite movies. Excellent. Movie. Has an incredible, I want to say it's probably about 15 minutes long. All done with the narration by Nicolas Cage, the second Nicolas Cage movie on my list where he explains that he was a criminal who gets locked up. We see him fall in love with one of the guards there, played by Holly Hunter. They get married. They move into a trailer. They try to have a baby, but she's barren. Her her eggs will not take his seed. And uh, they they get depressed. And we see, as they don't know what to do with their lives until they discover that there is a family in town that has... Uh, What are they? Quintuplets or or, uh, seven? They have seven babies, whatever you call that. Um, And they come up with the idea that they might have more than they need. And maybe they could take one of them. And by the time this opening sequence comes to an end, you've almost. (laughs) Bless you. Excuse me. You've almost forgotten that it even is an opening sequence. You're kind of just going for the ride. And it's just sort of like, at that point, you're sort of like, I guess the movie is just like this and I'm on board. I'm in it. But then all of a sudden, the titles come swooping in 15 minutes into the movie from the beyond the edges of the frame, Raising Arizona. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just watching the fucking opening scene of this movie. It's great. Great music, great writing, great cinematography, great acting, all in one. It's a perfect little opening to one of the most perfect movies ever made. Raising Arizona. Check it out, folks. Just watch the opening scene, and I bet you'll
2: want to keep watching. Justin. All right, this is where I'm um, running out of ideas. Well, wait, what, <laughs> just respond a little bit. Yeah, What's so your feelings ra- on Raising absolutely Arizona? Absolutely, Raising oh. Arizona.
1: Is, we're going to have to do it on the pod. It's a beautiful yeah, movie. Yeah, I think we
2: save our thoughts yeah. for, for the pod. For yeah. a coming, a very soon coming. Yeah. Out, so. Okay,
0: let's do that. Justin, you're number two or you're number one?
1: Or just one. Just yeah, say no, one. Your number one favorite one.
2: opening scene of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I have a couple I'm, like, moving between. We'll have honorable mentions. I want to talk. No, I want to. Let me do it my way. Let me do it my (laughs) way. Don't impose your will on me. (laughs) I want to explain a thought process. Mm. Here we go. So I do. The reason why I asked the question earlier, because I do think of the Norman Beaches of Normandy scene of Saving Private Ryan as one of the greatest cinematic sequences of all time. However...
0: It technically opens with Matt Damon at the graveyard.
2: Yep. Technically <laughs> opens with Matt
0: Damon at the graveyard. Old man Damon. I would uh, I would let it I would let that slide though because it's very brief at the graveyard mm-hmm. and it goes right into it. I mean, I would say it's the opening sequence of the movie. So I think you could I would let it go.
2: I would yeah. Slide. Um so, but that one also, you know, it just feels like everybody, that's everybody's um, on every list. It's a great the, sequence.
0: It's Fantastic a great sequence so you
2: can't not, you can't not mention it. It was groundbreaking
0: um, for the time, but really mm-hmm. like ripped people, blew people through the back of the theater, as you
2: say. Mm-hmm. I think of, <laughs> I think of Irreversible as an option, mm. as a contender, yeah. because- Technically, the whole movie is an opening scene.
0: Mm. Yeah. Because it's in trying a way. to emulate the one continuous take thing. Yeah. But,
2: but you, but not to, you know, make a gimmick out of it, but if you distill the opening to the sort of the credit sequence, the conversation in the apartment building with mm-hmm. the uh, um, I stand alone the, guy, I stand alone guy, and then you follow, you know, Vincent Cassell. Into Latinia or whatever it's called. The club. I think it's called the Rectum. <laughs> yeah. Well, there. It he's, has he's, he's
0: looking for Tania, uh, I think is the guy's name. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, Where's Where's Tania? Yeah. But oh. the place is called the Rectum.
2: It's called the Rectum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always interpreted that as a, that was like the French name of the place, but mm. you might be right. Um, but yeah. Right. Then th- no, you might be right about that. Uh, I mean, what a way to, to open a movie. I mean, that when yeah. the first time you see that confrontation between him and the guy he thinks he's after and the fire extinguisher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're like, Brute. whoa,
0: can I make it through this movie? Cause I can barely make it through the five minutes.
2: No, I, my dad couldn't, he walked out within, within you minutes. You watched it with your dad? I didn't know. <laughs> okay, so this is the first time you ever watched it. You rented it with. Yeah, I. I, I'm, I think I have a tendency to not look up anything before I go see it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know what to People expect. People are saying, yeah, but I did know it was a French movie, obviously, and so, uh, and I knew. It, I knew you had warned me it was intense. Yeah, but. Um, I knew my dad was like a francophile. He loves like French. He speaks French. He likes French movies. So I was like, "Ooh, this will be a bonding experience with mm-hmm. my dad." <laughs> <laughs> nope. and he was no. like, "Not." Yeah. Did
0: he make it to the fire hydrant thing and then walk out, or did he did he did he bail earlier?
2: No, he bailed. He bailed when the camera starts spinning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and the flashing credit sequence. Mm-hmm. It could make you nauseous. Mm-hmm. Hey, that, but that's a great, that is a great opening. Sequence. I do love the opening chase sequence of the hidden me too, but I don't yeah. think it's like a great enough. Yeah. Scene. It's it just when I think of an opening scene, I do think of that movie and I can't like not talk about it just because right. the first time I saw it, I thought this was such a fun way to open a movie Mm-hmm. In a way I had never seen before, but yeah. I don't really think it deserves to be in that canon. You know it's, what I mean?
0: It's fun, but probably not. Yeah. get make it to the list.
2: I think the one I f- I would feel is like a master study in opening scene would be Inglorious Bastards. That's what
1: I have as my number That's one. My number as well. one as well. We have <laughs> yeah. a three way tie. Yeah, I would have well, been I, shocked if it wasn't your number one.
2: I Jack. spoke a lot, so why don't you two? segue into that.
0: It's
1: exactly what you mentioned. I mean, it's a short film. It's completely, completely a yeah. short film. Meeting Christoph Waltz, like as like just a person seeing an actor for the first time, Yep. it was like, who the fuck is this guy? I was like, this is insane. This is one of the most incredible actors I've ever seen in my life. I was like so blown. I wanted to know everything about him. I was so blown away by him. It's thrilling. Oh, my gosh. The the Frenchman. Frenchman mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: The Frenchman, the dairy farmer. Yeah, the
1: dairy farmer. He's just, you see the family hiding under the floorboards. It is just, yeah. oh, wow. It blew my socks
0: off. It's a perfect introduction to your bad guy. Because mm-hmm. that's really all, all the sequence is doing is saying, this is the villain of the film. And I'm going to spend 20 minutes showing you everything you need to know about this guy mm-hmm. to be afraid of him and excited for what is to come with this character
2: conduct a thorough search before i can officially cross your family's name off my list and if there are any irregularities to be found rest assured they will be that is unless you have something to tell me that makes a conducting of a search unnecessary I might add also that any information that makes a performance of my duty easier will not be met with punishment. Actually, quite the contrary. It will be met with reward. And that reward will be your family will cease to be harassed in any way by the German military during the rest of our occupation of your country. You're sheltering enemies of the state, are you not? Yes.
0: You shall drink them underneath your floorboards, aren't you? And yeah, just like expertly written. It's I think it's maybe the best written scene Tarantino has ever Ugh, it's incredible. done the way he's playing with language in the scene too. Oh, where they're it's
1: insane. They're, they're
0: speaking French first, but then they switch so that the French speaking people hiding under the floorboards won't know what they're saying. And then the, then the whole tone of the scene shifts then. There's like five different tonal shifts that happen in the scene. The fact
1: that Quentin Tarantino's brain works like that too to be like, he doesn't speak all these languages, but he's like, this is how this is going to be. And then we're going to switch to this
0: language. Yeah. Uh. There's just reveal after reveal, you know? And so the whole sequence is just like one Upping itself one thing after the other after the other, that by the time you're hit that final two minutes of it, you are like goosebumps, edge of your seat. What's going to happen? The mm-hmm. music is amazing. The cinematography. It's Tarantino coming out in the year 2009 saying, I'm back, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, and that's what it felt like, like going to see the movie. Not that he had gone away, but he did have a failure right before that, that people I loved, but Death Proof was considered a failure. So he, in a way, needed to let people know, I'm back and you need to take me seriously again. And he fucking does it, does it with the first 20 minutes of Inglorious Basterds. it. <laughs> he fucking does it, y'all. He fucking does it. Yep, that's a great and one. The whole, okay. I mean, it doesn't
2: stop there. I mean, the whole movie. Ugh, thing it's, it's, a master, yeah, it's a masterpiece. it's a masterpiece.
1: Um, okay, so it wasn't on my list because I feel like it's kind of reductive, but I think its in, you can't talk about the best opening scenes without talking about Scream. I feel like that's like the first thing when when you said opening scenes, that's the number Mm -hmm. one first thing that I thought of that. I can't even imagine what that would have been like to see Scream in theaters with Drew Barrymore and then suddenly realize that she's not the lead of the movie and she gets killed like that is shocking. And that scene still fucking hits, even though you know exactly what's going to happen. It hits so hard. It is probably the best part of that movie. It's
0: so good. And it set oh. the trend for the series where now every one of them yeah. has to open with a showstopper opening sequence because you have to to fall into the lineage of it. Yeah.
1: You know? Scream rules. We scream should scream great. on the
0: pod. Uh, there will be blood also has an amazing opening sequence. It yeah. is also like 20 minutes long, mostly without dialogue as well. But again, you're just getting introduced to your character through his actions uh, and through tone and atmosphere and music. It's incredible. Also, No Country
1: for Old Men I thought for sure was gonna be on your
0: list. See, the thing about No Country for Old Men is to me it's broken up a little too much. It's not because like, there's, one, like yeah. there's like an opening with yeah. a voiceover and then you get to but see Anton is the Sugar first kill scene. somebody and the then,
1: Anton Sugar killing scene is the first scene. Yeah,
0: it's the first scene. Scene <laughs> with people. It, and it's a great scene, but to me it's not like sure. if it if it opened with the coin toss scene, then I would be like, ooh, because that's a fucking great scene. It's cool to see him kill the cops and then go kill the guys with the cow thing, but it's not like the best scene. I really today. want
1: to rewatch that movie though.
0: But uh, you know what I do think is a great opening scene sticking to the Tarantino train, kill bill volume one. Mm-hmm. Just that one shot on Uma Thurman's face. Mm-hmm. And you just hear David Carradine and it, that ending right, right before the scene ends. Bill, it's your baby. baby. <sighs> ding, 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 ding. It's great. Fucking great. great.
2: Yeah. Tropic Speaking Thunder.
1: Of- I, I had Tropic yeah. Thunder on my yeah. list as well, too.
0: With the fake mm-hmm. commercials that and stuff. That people
1: thought were real at first. Like at first,
0: Hilarious. Oh, so funny. Gotta have a Ben Stiller on there. <laughs> I gotta throw it out to When A Stranger Calls and When A Stranger Calls 2. Both of those have fantastic opening sequences. Neither one of them are fantastic movies as a whole, but the opening sequences to both of them are awesome. And if you've never seen When A Stranger Calls 2... It rivals the first one in its opening sequence. It's very, very fun. Good opening sequence. Any more honorable mentions for you, Justin? I have a few more. S-
2: speaking of uh, De Palma, I wanted to say Fandom of the Paradise just because I love that opening song. mm mm-hmm. F- uh, the Juicy Fruits, Goodbye, Eddie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like the the rest of the movie gets a little bit more exciting. Yeah. So wasn't really one to, to talk about. Speaking of Scream, I do also find uh, The Ring to be kind of a fun mm-hmm. opening mm-hmm. sequence. Yeah.
0: Sets up uh, the whole premise of it, has a nice scare
2: at the end of it. That's kind of like when we're talking about um, Talk to Me. Mm -hmm. and, and wanting like wanting an opening scene of a horror movie to stand out and really push what it, what it will do in that opening moment and take its time. I feel like the ring does that really well, even though it's a PG 13 movie and it doesn't, doesn't quite get that intense, but it sets the tone and it sets the pacing and it takes its time. And Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was really effective.
0: Strange Days has a really great opening sequence that is also sort of a wonner. It's a fake wonner, but that movie is about like virtual reality implanting point of view in your head. And so the whole opening sequence oh, is yeah. from the that point is- of view of like a guy who is with this group of gang members who are going to go rob this place. And so you get to see this robbery happen. Through a point of view, but then they end up getting busted by the cops and have to run from them. And the sequence ends with them like jumping buildings to escape from the cops and the point of view that you're in jumps to another building and then misses the ledge and you actually like watch them die through their point of view. (laughs) Desperado has a really fun opening sequence too. It's it's, uh, Antonio Banderas playing with his band a song as the credits roll, but as he's playing the song, he has to like beat up these guys who are like roughing up a woman, but he's doing it all like on the stage with the guitar. Just a fun little opening sequence that gets you right into it. Cliffhanger has a great opening sequence that is also parodied in Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another dark movie, but has a great fantastic opening sequence is Happiness, the Todd Salons movie. Mm -hmm. Really funny opening sequence with John Lovitz. It's a breakup scene. It kind of reminds me of Modern Romance in a way. Do not think that movie's going to be funny. You watch it. <laughs> the opening sequence is very funny though.
2: Put the rest in. Did the movie you ever see not. Den uh Dennis Denny Villeneuve's movie On Sandy? That's not the school shooting one, right? That's no, that was movie. Av- that was Polytechnic. Polytechnic that was, yeah. This This is no, 2000- 2010. I saw it at Telluride for the first time. Uh that one's definitely worth revisiting, but it, yeah, opens with uh, a Radiohead song, You and, and Whose Army, which is fucking haunting mm-hmm. to hear that song over imagery of like young boy soldiers who all look like beat up and uh, they're getting their heads shaved and the camera just like pushes in on one of them as he's looking at you. And that was like my first exposure to, to that filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I still think to this day, fuck Dune, fuck all his other stuff, <laughs> fuck Arrival. On Sandi is where it's at. If you like those movies, if you yeah. like Denis Villeneuve, if you like Blade Runner, mm-hmm. the remake, watch On Sandi. It's brutal. I need it's to watch. It. I've never seen it. It's very heavy, um, but I think it's it's worth watching, and it's what made me really respect him.
0: My last one is a Hong Kong movie called Breaking News, and it's an exciting movie, just about like a, a heist, but it opens with this. One take shootout that is mind blowing and the camera is on a crane and it moves all through the streets and up through windows and things. It's pretty amazing. So if you're interested in that kind of cinema, breaking news. And that's all in mine. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty good list. I thought that the
1: um, parody of. Two thousand and one Space Odyssey that they do in Barbie was really fun. That was funny. I like that it it too. cracked me up quite a bit.
0: Oh and we already talked about a whole pot of it but Midsommar has a great yes, opening. Yes Midsommar is well. an incredible one. Must be mentioned but we talked about that. Go listen to it if you haven't.
1: Yeah.
0: Um well that was fun. Oh, and I think fun. Uh, anybody who's listening probably has a lot of good film recommendations out of it and I think if you like the opening scenes stick with them and see if you like
2: the rest of the movie. Yeah, we should hear what they what what listeners have to say. Yeah,
0: if if you have any opening scenes that you love, that you uh, email us at, yeah.
2: at gmail.com
0: or reach out on socials too. But uh, and we'll mention them on the next one.
1: Comment on our Instagram.
0: Yeah, why not?
1: That'd be helpful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we love comments. Uh, well, until next time, thanks so much for supporting us and listening. We love you, and we'll see you. Week after next, with a brand new episode of Cinema Possessed bonus materials. And uh, as always, keep watching the movies you love and stay stay POSSESSED! possessed. (laughs) Adios, folks. Bye. Bye. Thank you.